Uh, two things I absolutely love. One is working together. The second is creating a place where the most smiles you'll ever see in New Jersey in one place. And uh, that's what we did for the Easter egg hunt. All of you who, who poured into that, again, thank you for uh, your sacrifice and the way, you, the way you poured in. It's just really awesome. So uh, this morning we're going to be talking about hope, which uh, ties in pretty well. I want to start off with uh, my daughter Alicia. When she was in the third grade, um, <clears throat> she, my daughter Alicia was always uh, high intensity, go, go, go. But uh, she decided that she was going to get all A's. And so school starts. She told us ahead of time, I'm going to get all A's. And uh, so first day of school, she comes home, does her homework. She focuses on that homework. She doesn't do, she doesn't go play. She doesn't do anything else until she gets her homework done. And uh, she does this over and over and over again. It really surprised us. We're like, after the first week, she'll be done. But she didn't. She kept going and she kept going. And her first report card, she got all A's. And she was excited and, and it was fantastic. And she just kept working at it. Uh, I think it was in about two or three weeks, she got a B on a paper. She came home and goes, that's it. I quit. I'm not going to be able to keep this up. I, I, I got a B. I'm not going to be able to get all A's. And, and so I quit. So what she started with was hope. Hope is an incredible motivator in our lives. It's the core of what keeps us going. It's what allows us to do amazing things, make a difference, love in people's lives. Because hope is, I've started here, I know what the future is going to be, I know what's going to happen, and so I work to that end. I know it. It's willing to, I'm willing to sacrifice because I know where I'm going to end up. That's hope. But hope has a, it has a promise to it. It's this piece where, okay, there's a promise that I'm going to get there. Hopelessness is devastating to us. Any area of your life where you find yourself to be hopeless, you are unmotivated, uh, not willing to take risk. It just doesn't matter. At the core of every human being is hope. The need for hope. The opposite of that, of course, or the Bible even talks about this. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. If you've ever experienced that, that was with Alicia. Like, I thought I would get here. I'm not going to get here. I, I lost it, so my heart is sick. I'm going to, I'm going to give up. I'm, it literally works that way. When you're looking forward to something, you're going to Disney World, you're going to Disney World, you're so excited, life is great, everything is good, your dad walks in and goes, hey, Car accident, a couple other things happened. They uh, closed down Disney World. We're not going to Disney World. It devastates your life. You want to quit, not just in that area, but everything else as well. Hope is super important to us. The opposite, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Tree of life, a place where you go pick fruit and it, it impacts your life. It feeds your life. It keeps you rolling. It keeps you going. Hope is really important. Hopelessness is the gap between the way things are and the way they ought to be. Hopelessness is the gap between the way things are and the way they ought to be. Sometimes this is outside of us. Sometimes we watch things happening outside of us. Someone we married and they turned out not to be who we thought they were going to be. Sometimes this happens with our job. 
And we, we thought this is where we were going to end up with our job, but you can see that the company's beginning to make bad decisions or it's beginning to crumble and this is not going to go there. Sometimes it happens outside of us, but mostly it happens inside of us. The difference between the way things are and the way they ought to be, all of you, every one of us, has this gap. We live with this gap. Another way to say it is, the gap between what I seem to be or what I feel like I am and what I know I should be or for some of us, what we were created to be. There's this gap. Everyone lives with this gap. I was, uh, yesterday we, last minute we decided to plant the Easter lilies that are in the pots on the way in. I thought, oh man, that'd be cool, good idea. So I ran to Home Depot, and by the way, the economy is doing fantastic. You couldn't get in or out of Home Depot. There was a traffic jam at Home Depot. Like, people are spending money. And so uh, I finally get in there, I, I get the, uh, the flowers, uh, this is going to work, this is great, um, decent price, but a little bit expensive, but it's worth it, it's Easter, here we go. And so I go up to the self, self-checkout line and uh, walk up the self-checkout line, and then there, there's a problem. It won't read it. Some, evidently, somebody before me did something wrong. And so I call the guy over. Hey, need some help over here. He comes over. He goes, how many you got? I said, 12. He goes, click, 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 six times. He goes, there, that's 12. You know what I thought? Should I tell him? <laughs> now, now, understand this gap. I'm buying Easter, Easter lilies to celebrate Christ's death on the cross to set us free from sin. And I'm going to display them in our church out front. And I'm thinking, should I tell them or not? I mean, I, I spend a fortune at Home Depot and he works for Home Depot. It's really Home Depot doing it. I'm not doing it. Right? This is just God. What? You know what that is? It's this crazy gap. Right? That's crazy. So in our lives, we have this gap. All of us have this gap. This gap, for, for many of you, is where your, all your anxiety comes from. You are in a constant state of anxiety. Because you know there's a difference between the way things are and the way you live and the way you think and the way you interact and the way that they should be. Even in your identity. You live in a time where you have social media and you have people telling you, you choose your own identity. You choose your own identity. You choose who you are and what you're going to be and your kind of God. And you keep making decisions thinking, okay, if, if this will close the gap, this will do it. This next step will do it. But it doesn't. It doesn't close the gap. So how are you trying to fill the gap? For some of us, Matter of fact, for ladies, this is moms, this is an amazing thing to watch. I don't know if it's always been this way, 
But uh, I, I actually think there's pressure in a way that uh, is, is creating this huge gap in your life. Because the difference between the mother you are and the mother you think you ought to be is huge. You know how I know? I will be talking to mothers about parenting and they'll just start crying. And I'll be like, what? What did I say? I was just walking you through this. I was just asking you a few questions here about parenting. And they start crying. You know why they start crying? Giant gap. So how do, you, how do you fill that gap? For many of you, it's control. You can't stop thinking that you're responsible for everything and trying to control everything. Because if you're not, how are you going to close the gap? You're going to close the gap. You're responsible for the whole world. And the way that you're going to fix this thing is be in control. This isn't, this isn't overgeneralization, but guys tend to go, yeah, we just, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, we're not going to talk about How's it. How, how you doing? Cool. Everything okay? It, it's great. It's amazing how you interact with moms. Oh, the world's falling apart. Hey, man, how's it going? Good. I think it's going good. <laughs> But it's your way of closing the gap. I'm just going to ignore it. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to close it. I'm just going to ignore it. I can't take the pressure and the stress of all that stuff. And why, why do that? I'm just going to ignore, ignore that. For others of you, it's why you drink. It's why you smoke pot on a regular basis. Because you've noticed that when you smoke pot, you don't feel the gap. Now, it doesn't get rid of the gap. Because after you come off the high, the gap's still there. Lots of times it's worse because of the stupid decisions you made while you were high. But it doesn't close the gap. Maybe you try, have tried church. You've tried church. Like, you know what? I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do what they say, and I'm going to try to be a good person, and that will close the gap. And you've noticed that at first you started, you started, it did, you felt better, things were good. And then you found out what the Bible says. Whoa! There goes the gap about being good, right? We all live with this gap. Where's your source of hope to close the gap? Hope is a promise. That things will be a certain way. They will change. What's your source of hope? Are you placing your hope in a God you've created? Are you placing your hope in a God you've created? Lori and I's original dream coming out of college was to go to Togo, West Africa as missionaries. And uh, we never got to go, but to we got to study Togo, and they did something that was really interesting. Uh, I saw pictures of it where they would have this pot, this mound of dirt, about this tall to about that tall, and then it would have a roof over this mound of dirt. You'd be like, well, why the roof over the mound of dirt, or why is the mound of dirt underneath the roof? Because they tried to close the gap by, they would literally make a mound of dirt, and then they would worship it. That that was their God. You're like, that's ridiculous. Like, first of all, it's dirt. Secondly, you made it. 
How can something that you made create hope for you? How could that? You made it. But I wonder, how many of us are doing the exact same thing? One, we tend to do this by creating our own God, by lowering the standards. And that's what our culture's into. Um, hate to do the age thing, but I'm old enough that actually my, my generation has watched something almost no generation's ever watched, at least not in modern times. We have watched the degradation of a culture. We've watched that when we were 12 years old, Mike Tucci tells this story, we were 12 years old, Mike Tucci used to get on uh, a bus, take it, a train to Yankee Stadium at 12. Watch the, the baseball game, him and his buddies get back on the train, come back and go home. Any of you have 12-year-olds? You gonna put them on a bus and let them go to Yankee Stadium? Something's happened, right? This is what happened. What's happened is we lowered the standards. We said, this was really big when I was in high school. Hey man, the kids are gonna do it anyway, you might as well let them do it at home. That's a lowering of the standard. How are we gonna close the gap? Just lower the standard. You know what, God doesn't really care about that stuff, it's okay, don't worry about it. It's, it he's not big on that anyway. Just lower the standard. In other words, I am going to interact with God this way. This is what I believe. You tell me about God, and I'll tell you whether or not I would like a God like that. How many times have you heard this? Well, if that's what God's, if that's what God's like, I don't want to have anything to do with him. You made that God. In other words, I will accept God based on my standard. It's just like taking a pile of dirt, put it into a mound, and then I'm going to worship that dirt. The problem is, it never closes the gap. All of the ways and all of the things that we've lowered the standard and we've redefined who God is, and we've said, get with the times, man. That's the old God of a long time ago. All the time that we've done that, it's never closed the gap. It doesn't close the gap. So here's my question for today. Are you placing your hope in God you've created or are you placing your hope in a God who created you? Are you placing your hope in a God you created or have you placed your hope in a God who created you? I want to introduce you to the story of Easter, the story of hope. And you get to decide today whether or not you want to keep going with the God you've created or would you surrender to the God who created you? The first part of it is this. You were created for a purpose. The God you, who created you, he says you were created for a purpose. There is something about you that has purpose and meaning. You matter. What you do matters. You were created for an amazing purpose. The other side of it is you're an accident. You're an accident. That you just showed up. You're just a group of cells, and when you die, it, it doesn't go anymore. And you can make your head believe that, but it doesn't close the gap. You see, you can come and say, this is what I believe, and you can lay it out as confidently as can be, and you can talk to people, and you can walk away from those people and go, huh, 
put him in his place. There's just one big problem. When you get where you're walking to, there's a gap. There's a problem. The Bible says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. What? You're created in the image of God. You matter. There's a reason there's a gap there. The reason is because the goodness and the righteousness and the power of just what true love is you, in every cell of your being, you know that's there. You may not be able to define it. You, may be able, you, you certainly can't do it because there's a gap, right? But you know what could be and should be. You may not be able to put words to it, but you know it's not who you are right now. You know there's a difference. Where did that come from? It came because you're created in the image of God. This distance between what you are and what you know you should be. This difference between, okay, this is who I am and what I was created to be. Is, is, you can sense it. You know it. You live with it. And if we were to go throughout this room, as many people as there are in this room, that's how many different ways that we're trying to fill that gap and bring that together. The question is not, what am I, but who am I? The question is not, what am I, but who am I? Sometimes we identify, oftentimes we identify ourselves by what am I? I used to be a farmer, now I'm a pastor. So what are you? I'm a pastor. That defines who I am. No, not if I'm created. And we are... A very diverse church. We have people from Ecuador and Peru and the Dominican and Puerto Rico and Korea and on and on and on. We, we actually have a few people that were born in the United States in our church. We have a couple that were born in the United States in our church. We appreciate you guys. You see, in our culture, you've been taught it's not who you are it's what you are. And therefore, you're identified as white. Well, I'm white. I'm, and then you make your decisions. You try to close the gap by being, this is what a white person should be. I'm Puerto Rican. And you live your lives. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. And you try to close that gap. I'm African American. I'm Dominican. I'm on and on and on and on the list goes. We've even taken our identity that way. To be based on, this is what I love, or this is who I want to have sex with. Therefore, that's what I am. But that's not the question. The question is, who are you? Who are you? Are you created by God? The hope I'm offering today, and the hope that Jesus offers, is that you are created by God. And what you are does not define you. And living that out will not close the gap. Convincing everybody else that what you're doing is okay will not close the gap. I'm not telling you 
you shouldn't do that, and this is what God says. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it won't close the gap. And you know I'm telling the truth because it's not closing the gap for you. So, if I'm created, what's my purpose? What am I here for? You're here to be loved by God. Now, you've grown up and you have grabbed a hold of a lot of purposes. Every purpose that you've grabbed a hold of. It's hilarious when I hear somebody say, man, I was created or the purpose of my life is to be the greatest IT man on the face of the earth. You're like, whoa, that's rough, dude, for two reasons. Number one, giving your life to IT will never satisfy the gap. And number two, you're not going to be the greatest guy. You're not going to be the greatest IT guy in the world. You're not. He's like, no, yeah, no, I really, no, you're not. There's only one of them. You'll never meet him. You can't say that. Okay, I'm 99% sure. And even if you are, somebody better is going to come along. And so the purpose of my life, even if you said the purpose of my life is to glorify God. What? Yeah, people are going to look at me and go, oh, man, God is great. Look at Chris High. Other than that one Home Depot theft, he was awesome. <laughs> Same thing's true for you. Right? It's, 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 not gonna, it's not gonna happen. I'm gonna be the greatest, the purpose of my life is to be the greatest husband on the face of the earth. Giant gap. I'm gonna be the greatest mom ever. Giant gap. My kids will know their love beyond a shadow of a doubt. Giant gap. Whatever it is, big gap. Now, there's one thing you can do. That's be loved by God. There's one thing you can do, and that's be loved by God. Now, if you reinterpret who God is, if God is someone you create, then you're never going to meet the real God. And you're never going to close the gap. A little more detail about the gap, because, because we tend to try to make people feel better. When we're talking about hope, we think that's a good feeling, right? I want to be able to feel better when we're talking about hope. And so it's a little bit like a basketball game. I used to play basketball when I was in high school, and we got to play the same team twice. And so uh, the first time you play them, you lose by 40, right? You practice and practice. The next game, I don't know how we do this, but in our heads we're like, okay, all right, we're better now. I think we can beat them. Coach is saying we can beat them. This is what we're going to do. Ran the all, wrong offense last time. We're going to run this offense this time. And you're, you're pumped up out in the, you know, in, the, in, the, in the locker room, right? You're doing the jumping thing. You're, you're, this is awesome. This is really good. You run out on the court. Wait to your girlfriend. It's, it's really good. It's really good. Here we go. And you're, you're, you're three minutes into the game. You're tied by five. Coach says, yeah, I told you. I told you we could do it, guys. Here we go. All right, let's go. End of the second quarter. We're down by 15. Coach is still telling you how great it's going to be. You're going, coach, we're getting killed. And it's draining out of you. Why? Because you're facing reality. You're facing reality. And so people will say to you, hey, don't worry, man. It doesn't matter how you live whatsoever. God loves you no matter what. Don't worry about the way you live. You just live the way you want to live. And it's meant to bring hope. 
And it does for the first five minutes. But it's devastating when you face reality. People say things like, like tragedies happen, and they come to you and go, look, man, I want you to know that everything happens for a reason. They mean that to bring hope. It's actually devastating. Oh, you mean God killed my son or allowed my son to kill, be killed because it's going to help somebody else? I, I don't find any hope in that, man. They, we say, and reinterpret who God really is, thinking we're going to bring hope. We lower the standards or we reinvent who he is. Jesus did the opposite. He did the exact opposite. He raised the standard. When Jesus came, you know what he said? He said, yeah, you think it's wrong to commit adultery. I'm telling you something right now. You look at a woman with lust, which means you look at a woman and you entertain the feelings you have of being sexually attracted to her. You entertain those feelings. You interact with those feelings. Do not raise your hand because I know every man in here is an adulterer. That's the standard he did. What hope in there in that? Come on, we want to feel better about this situation. You know, feeling better at the beginning of the game will not win the game. So, this is what he says in the gap. So, this, this is what it says in Romans. As it is written, there's no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. Righteous is, there's no one who from, their, from themselves going out is actually good. Like, oh no, I'm good and I know this good person. I can prove it to you. You take any child, do not discipline that child, just let them grow up however they want. They are a terror. The only reason that I didn't the only reason I told the guy at Home Depot is because I'd have to face you. <laughs> right? When we think things through, right? When we naturally think things through, we go, what's the consequence? How's this going to work out for me? Away we go. That's our natural state. No, not even one. There's no one who understands. No one understands what righteousness is. Nobody knows how to close the gap. There's no one who seeks God. What do you mean? I'm in church. I'm seeking God. We tend to seek the God we've created. We don't truly seek God. God seeks us. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There's no one who does good, not even one. This is Jesus' message. You were created in the image of God. That's why you know the gap is there. But there's a problem. You've got a problem. And you will never be able to fill that gap. That's his message. It's not a message it's all going to work out. His message is this is not going to work out. Not if you face the real world. Not if you actually look at yourself and you're honest about yourself and you look at who God is and you're honest about who God is. It's, you can't overcome it. So what hope is there? How does this get solved? That's the story of Easter. You see, Jesus came who is God, who is your creator, who is your king. Whether you believe in him or not, it, that doesn't, the fact that you don't believe in your king doesn't make him any less your king. Matter of fact, we're going through that right now. The fact that you don't believe that President Trump is your, your president, he actually is your president. Half the country's going, no, no, no. I, he is. 
The fact that you don't believe it doesn't change it. The fact that you don't believe that God is God doesn't change that he's God. He said, now, I know you're my enemy, but I love you, not because of who you are. I don't love you because of your potential. I don't love you because of your great looks. I don't love you because you're trying to do good works to please me. I love you as my enemy. And I want to close the gap in your life. And so he became a man. And he walked the face of the earth. And he faced the temptations that we face. And he, tastes, and he faced the struggles that we, 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 we face. And then he went to the cross. And on the cross, God put all of your sin, all of your bad interpretations of God, all he put the gap on Christ. And Jesus Christ paid for every sin you will ever commit. He paid for your bad attitude. He paid for your pride and your arrogance. He paid for your weakness. And he comes to you today and he says this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God. It's important, guys, today. Don't focus on your faith. Don't focus on your love for God. That actually creates a gap. Why? Your faith fails you over and over again. Right? What, what did I do in Home Depot? Totally forgot who God was. Totally forgot who God was. Don't focus on your faith. Don't focus on you taking a step toward God. That doesn't close the gap. What closes the gap is that God has moved toward you. He's acted toward you. But that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice. An atoning sacrifice is a sacrifice that pays the debt. It, it satisfies the anger that God has toward our sin. Because remember, the true God hates sin and promises that every sin will be punished. You remake him into another God that kind of just lets everybody go to heaven. That's another one that people say. Well, everybody goes to heaven. That's supposed to bring hope. It doesn't. It just makes the gap wider. And it makes heaven horrible. Why? Because my lousy neighbor, who's mean as a cuss, he's going to be my neighbor in heaven? <laughs> Who wants to go to that heaven? No, 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 no. God says, no, that's not what's going to happen. He says, but I sent as atoning sacrifice. In other words, all the anger that God has toward you because of who you've been. You were created, but there's a problem. It's called sin. He paid for you. Which leaves you in this place. Would you dare to stop telling God who he is? Would you dare to accept the God of the Old Testament, because that's who Jesus believed in, and said he was fulfilling God's plan? Would you accept that you will never, ever fill that gap? And there's only one person who can. 
And he's making you a promise. He promises that if you would take what's in the gap, if you would take that and bring that to him, he will take that sin and ugliness and emptiness and give you his life. He will close the gap. He will make you right before God. Would you dare to do that? Would you lay down this idea that we've got to lower the standard, we've got to change who God is? God accepts us all the way we are. No. We all go to heaven. No, there's no hope in that. It will never close the gap. And worse yet, once you die, you will find out the truth. Don't focus on your faith. Only focus on one thing. You mean Jesus promises me, forgives us of my sins, a brand new heart, and heaven? That's hope. That's hope. It's the greatest of hope. Why? Hope has everything to do with where you're going to end up. Hope has everything to do with where you're going to end up. If you know that when I die, I'm going to heaven... It changes the game. That's what he's promising. Why could we trust this hope? Why would we trust Jesus? Because he's the only human being in, her, in history. He's the only God in history who ever faced death, actually died, was dead for three days, and rose again. You're like, oh yeah, it takes a lot of faith to believe that. Actually, for 2,000 years, they've been trying to prove that's not true. See, Christ doesn't ask you to believe something that you cannot see in this, in this instance. You, there's proof that Jesus lived, walked the face of the earth, died, and rose again from the dead. There are people who've, who've done studies to prove this is not true who've come to believe in Christ because they found out the facts back up the fact that he did die. He is alive. I'm not asking you to believe that Jesus died and rose again. I'm asking you to believe that the person who, is, who did raise again is making you a promise today. I'm asking you to interact with him about the promise he's making. Don't interact with you. Don't try to close the gap. There's one big question. Jesus, can you close the gap in my life? Can you make me what I ought to be? Can I accept the identity that you've given me and that rules over anything else that I believe. At the very end of Jesus' life, he did not die. He had already risen again. He actually went to heaven. The Bible says, when he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. In other words, he just went to heaven. He's alive. And he wants to interact with you today. You guys, go ahead and, and, and pass this out. He lifted his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. So you're going to receive a little piece of bread and a juice. 
the bread represents Christ's body, which was broken for you. So I'd like you to interact with your pride, big source of the gap. You know, the thing that causes you to be defensive about everything and, and, and keeps you from changing and keeps you from growing. Pride, the thing that causes you to lash out at your children or your wife when you've promised to love them. I'd like you to interact with your selfishness. Big gap. That's what happened at Home Depot. It was illogical I was so selfish. It's not even my money, it's the church's money. It's illogical. But it's real, right guys? Who is going to change that about you and who's going to pay for that being who you are? I'd like you to interact with your peace and how you keep trying to find peace. And in your life, many times you've only found peace by going on vacation, and that only lasts till Wednesday. Or drugs, or some, the next event, the next exercise, the next thing, and how the fact of the matter is, because of the gap in your life, you can't find peace. Would you dare to trust Jesus' promise that he has done everything you need to close that gap. That Jesus himself wants to close the gap in your life. So why don't you take 30 seconds to a minute and interact with Jesus. If you've never asked him to be your savior, your king, or maybe you did, but the person you asked to be your savior and your king was someone who fit how you'd created them. They were what you wanted them to be. Today, would you talk to the one who raised the standard. The one who said, I am here to represent the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. And I make you a promise. Give me your sin. Give me your heart. Give me your life. I'll close the gap. I'll change you for the inside out. Have a conversation with him. Ask him to be your savior. Close the gap in your life. Jesus it's been a lot of years since I've 
I ask you to close the gap. But I want to pray that same prayer again. Not because you didn't close the gap, but because there's many here who they need you. They need the the freedom and the joy, but most of all, they need the hope of knowing they're not the God of their lives. You are. There are so many here who need to to understand and be able to grab a hold of. The whole purpose of their life is not this life. It's to be loved by you. If, If you want to take that step today between you and Christ, you would pray something similar to this. Lord Jesus, I know about the gap in my life. I know about all the ways that I feel inadequate. And I know all of the ways that in reality I have been. That person you talked about in the Bible, I don't have righteousness. I don't have goodness. When push comes to shove, I'm full of pride. I'm full of selfishness. I keep trying to define the world the way I want it to be, and so any place that you don't agree with me, I I remake you. But I'm done. I don't want that anymore. I see myself for who I am. I understand I was created in your image, and so there's this incredible drive I have to be that person, but I'll never get there on my own. I give you my sin and my ugliness, and I give you my definition of you, and I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to make me a new person. It's no longer my life, it's yours. And Lord, I want to thank you that you would love me this much. In your name we pray, amen. The Bible says that the bread represents his body, which was broken for us. It pays for the gap. Let's take it together. The juice represents his blood, which has the power to wash away all your sin, make you white as snow. On the inside, makes you a brand new person. The blood actually has the power to make you the person you were created to be. Let's take the juice together. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you that you always close the gap. In your name we pray, amen. We're going to sing now, and as we do, I invite you. Don't think about the rest of the day. Don't think about yesterday. Think about one thing. Jesus is alive. You get to interact with him. You get to talk to him. You get to thank him for closing the gap. Have a great time singing together.